testing. I'm going to do a little test. Testing, testing. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show, Feeling Well. I'm Ralph, and I'm here today with... Lloyd Howell. It is it is a, uh, a suspiciously warm December day. And, I thought it was uh, kind of chilly out, and it was yeah, starting to rain. A little but bit. But I did notice that you're wearing nothing but a T-shirt, which I thought was striking. Oh, I... You know, I, I'm not I'm not built well for this climate. I don't I don't want to be here. You know, I want to be somewhere colder. Um, oh, colder, uh, a yeah. little colder. You know, it's it, it, it was in the 50s yesterday, and it's yes. about to be January. Yesterday was warm. Yeah, yesterday yeah. was warm. But you didn't come here to hear about the weather, folks. Um, you came, came here, here to hear about Lloyd's wild ass socks. I, that he's wearing it's, right now. <laughs> Folks, it's laundry day, and I am. I am. Are uh, those athletic socks? These are these are socks that I that I bought a couple years ago when I was still running a lot, and they have individual toes. Yeah, and so they're meant to be worn with those those I'm uh, a little those weird. I'm a little offended. I don't, you little. don't want to look at them, right? Like I'm sorry I brought these into your house, Ralph. That's not. I don't okay. think that's it's a little, okay. I feel a little violated. Ooh, just like the, oh, you can see don't do around. Please no. don't wiggle them. Please. Oh, no. This is, I'm sorry. That look, was... For the first time, Lloyd's got me back to do a corner. <laughs> He's gained the upper hand on the offensive front. Oh, God. He's no. got to um, wiggle those toesies. Their, yeah. their, their purported function was to prevent... Um, like toes from chafing one another because mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of distance running and you know when you do like 16 to 20 miles at that point like your your foot like the skin on your feet just yeah. start to it starts to chafe and fall off I've seen it like sneakers with individual toes yeah that's an yeah. established thing by now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but foot uh, health folks mm. foot health Keep keep a keep a watch on them. You know you need those things mm-hmm. for a while and, and get uh, your steps in. And we are we are uh, thinking about the future. Oh my I god! Think. I've been thinking about the past. Yeah, way too much these last few days. Oh boy! Really, it's been a it's been a contemplative year for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the last episode of the year. Mm-hmm. Last episode of the decade. Uh, we are mere. Uh, days away from New Year's, and Gosh. golly, to uh, employed a Lloydism there. I uh, <laughs> you know. never once have I said golly. I, mm, <laughs> uh, Someone go back and check. I don't please. know about that, but uh, uh, you know it's funny because like this feels like a nice bookend to the first episode of the podcast uh-huh. in a way <laughs> because I feel like the first one was kind of begun out of me in the throes of a crisis <laughs> and I kind of had my 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 uh my whatever you would call it I kind of laid out my my manifesto that justified our doing a podcast uh-huh um you know semi ironically but uh you know there was truly a debate raging inside of me like well, first of all, like I remember like this past summer just having like a life crisis and I would like wake up in the middle of the night and just obsess over my mortality and I wouldn't oh. be able to sleep. And I was like, I like I felt like, you know, the decade and like my 20s closing in. I'm like, God, I've, I've wasted. I've wasted it all, you know. And then finally, <laughs> just I remember I was like, when did we we started in like September, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember like sitting on my my stoop uh, on a Sunday in September, 
just like just kind of like a few beers deep just just listening to nothing just sitting on the stoop just like getting myself hyped like yeah no wh- why not a podcast yes and that's when <laughs> it, was, oh. it was like it was like a it was like a co- like i was uh, i like dm'd uh, lloyd about it and it was like a cocaine idea sesh except instead of the cocaine it was just my personal mania yeah kind of powering yeah. it and then we recorded that episode and then there was like a come down and I didn't mm-hmm. want to release the episode for a month yeah, because, I because I was really having second thoughts because I was like, you know, uh, best case, like, okay, so there's no theme. Lloyd and I aren't famous. It's just chit chat. I listen to a lot of podcasts that are just chit chat that are structureless, uh-huh. but they're usually hosted by like professional comedians right, or, right. or people who have... Uh, you know, some claim to fame in some sort. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a, you know a podcast that's about movies or a certain perspective on politics or it mm-hmm. has a gimmick like we're going to do every episode of Dexter's Laboratory and talk about it. Those <laughs> oh, exist. Those exist. They do. They it's do. not too late for us to pivot to that's something right. like that, that's folks. Right. It is not too late. Uh, but yeah, I remember just like going back and forth, like trying to justify it to myself because it's like best case scenario. It just becomes one of those things where you're like applying for a job and someone like finds an episode of a podcast you 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 own called Gollum Wants Some Pussy. <laughs> Or someone takes something I say out of context, and it's like, that's the best case scenario. Providing ammunition for your enemies of the future. Exactly. It's yeah. like, but it was, but I was like, I, the only way I was able to justify it and that I justify it to this day is that I, I make myself view it as like the equivalent of social media. Mm. Like I, like I have to look at it as that low stakes, right? you know, right. where it's like, to use, you know, crass terminology, it's just another kind of uh, outlet for my brand, you know, uh, as we yeah. all have brands. So it's like you like to play on your Twitter and Instagram. Sure. You also have your podcast. That's also an appendage. The because, podcast is itself the point. It's not a means to an end. You know, that's how that's kind of um, how I think about it. So you have kind of like the opposite view. Mm. You, well, you're you're so you're viewing it as like. This is just a fun thing to do with my time. This is not. This is not the main thing I'm doing with my with no, my life. No, of course not. <laughs> I'm saying like the, like the podcast justifies itself. Like it is. It yeah, is its, it's own. It's it's just uh, it's well, it's like how do you justify having an Instagram? Like it's sure. just kind of fun to participate in the digital sphere. So mm-hmm. that's how I have mm-hmm. to look at this. Because I can't take the idea of myself doing a pod a podcast hundred percent seriously. No. And I no. usually can't do anything at all if I can't like devote myself to it hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. if it's not a hundred percent my thing, like I just can't will myself to do it. Of course. So I have to compartmentalize it in that way. But um <laughs> anyway, I hope you're enjoying this podcast talking about podcast. <laughs> but again, linking back to that first uh, episode. Yeah, uh, no, it's been it's just I take I take great comfort in the podcast. If I'm being honest, do it's you been a, really? I do, I do. It's um, Speak it's something to, to it's something to, you know, it's something we do every week. Because I'm racked with like a really deep and serious, if nebulous sense of guilt. Like every mm. Monday morning after Never. recording. Never. No, you don't. You for don't, me, it's for me, it's liberating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just another post, a post by a different name. That's what I was. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think I think we're 
broadly in agreement here. But I think I but, sometimes struggle to, to view it that way. Sure, yeah. sure. Do you think that's because... I, like I, I'm like, do I really want my name on this? Yeah. You know? I mean, do you, do you think that's because you have made, like, more legitimate media? And, like, to to kind of stoop to recording a podcast still, even though we've kind of we've kind of we've kind of gone through it already. Like, yeah. we've, you know, you've justified this to yourself already. It worries me that it that it that it would like it would supplant that in some way. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so like, for example, I think we were talking about this a couple episodes ago, like like wrenching your dreams into the realm of the real and how like telling people that you're doing a project makes it less likely. Do you think that this podcast is the equivalent of like posting about it on social media, like telling people, Oh, I'm doing a new exciting project. And then it never happens. Is that something you worry about? Well, I see this more as, um, maybe something like, I don't know. Do I really believe this? Maybe I believe it uh, subconsciously that it's that it's something that's going to like induce complacency in me. But I like mm. I, I still am working on other things. Yeah, I think it's more like as you said, not me, buddy. <laughs> but not me. I think it's more like you said, like like uh, the only way I really take myself seriously is as like. Uh, as, as 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 insufferable as this sounds is like as an artist like I'm someone uh-huh. who wants to make good work yeah yeah so like revealing myself to be like a daft asshole on this podcast <laughs> does this does this sully <laughs> everything no. else I'm doing no I don't think so at all man like listen we 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 trade a lot of we trade a lot of barbs and jibes on this podcast but like I I think I think you're like a genuinely like a very thoughtful guy and you have like a you like you care a lot about the stuff that you make and you be like i don't know you agonize over it it's something you take very seriously and so i think that is allowed to come out on here in between the the you know the suicidal ideation and the and the silliness and the silliness and the you know calling each other cuck and stuff like that <laughs> and i you think know there there's some some genuine stuff and you know in how there, about so. this um you know who knows maybe in the future there could exist an acceptable character who is simultaneously one part, say, Paul Thomas Anderson, and one part, say, Nick Mullen. That's maybe that person is possible to <laughs> oh, exist. Now it's you know, out there. You know, maybe there. maybe you could be a podcaster and someone who does something halfway respectable at the same time. Maybe that's, I don't know if it is. You know, but maybe, just, just ratchet back the slurs like 50% and, you know, just take it from there. I didn't mean to mention he, he shall not come named, but no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, you know, perhaps we could forge a new kind of archetype where you mm-hmm. have a shit talking podcast, but you also do something that gives back to, to the culture or society mm. in some positive way. I'm sure this sounds wild. The new podcasting man. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, we have to. We have to embody. Perhaps it could what be we done. wish for the future. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Are there any? Are there any versions of that kind of? Mm. I, I mean, I hear filmmakers on podcasts all the time, but that's sure. not really the same as having your podcast. Yeah. 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 Like. Or you know. any anyone else who's like I don't know does like Pharrell have a podcast or <laughs> oh god I feel like somebody's had maybe like Tyler I mean, the creator maybe I mean, someone has a podcast I see like if like, anything they're very online though like Tyler sure, Creator is a sure. great example he's on uh, he's on you know he he posts wild stuff on Twitter all the time and he 
puts out, you know, uh -huh. however you may feel about his work, you know, like serious and thoughtful work. Sure. So there sure. is, there is at least that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, I know there, there are plenty of examples of this. Um, who was I saying? Like on, on the iTunes page, like Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally have been really pushing their, their like their podcast that they make together Conan as a couple. But they're like, yeah. but they're comedians though. Yeah, who are kind yeah. of co-opting, uh -huh. you know, so that, like, cause like that, like a, a podcast is like, and it just, it's like, he's a talk show host. Yeah. So yeah. Well Natural offshoot. Less yeah, so yeah. the case for filmmakers and musicians or a, yeah, a writer or yeah. so, cause I think those people would probably view it as, um, as below them. But again, we could, mm. we can, we could forge that new archetype. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, oh my God. If you're, if we don't want to be left behind mm -hmm. and neither do these mediums. Yeah. Oh God. I wonder if I'm ever going to make a fucking movie or if I, I can't think about it. Like I can't think about that shit because there is like, there's like a vague part of me that still wants to, wants to like create and like I'll mm -hmm. come across stuff that I, that I, really cared about when I was like 21 sure and just you know absolute pratfall after pratfall and you know really disappointing a lot of people that believed in me and like really that's wasting everyone's time I think so I think so like I was like I had I had I just had so much so much you know like corny ambition and like dumb ideas that I thought were really gonna take off and like they never did they never did of course they would they of course they weren't going to but I put all my I put all my hopes in like having success early and I never I I was just never uh self-aware enough to realize that wasn't the way to go about it that that there was going to be some kind of period where I like paid my dues and like yeah did a lot of work in the direction of becoming like becoming somebody that was going to have the opportunity to be like a creative, you know, capital C creative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just all my, all my years kind of, you know, early years in New York city, like 21 working, no 22, I guess, working like night shifts as an assistant editor and just like years and years of that. And just, just fucking hating it. Just, yeah, becoming exhausted and disillusioned and like, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, part of me, part of me definitely misses that, but, but I think that you're someone more so than me who is in a, uh, more upwardly mobile professional spot, I think. Have well, you, have you advanced at least kind of financially in your career? If I advance, well, that's, that's like, cause I've prioritized nothing but trying to make things mm -hmm. to my financial and personal detriment. Cause like, I don't have any money. I've, I've alienated so many people and my life hasn't really changed for the better. So I feel oh like boy. we're kind of in the same spot. Perhaps. I feel like we're kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. In this regard. Yeah. yeah. You either try to do it or you don't try to do it. And you mm -hmm. tried to do it and you yeah. did, you made a feature film, but it didn't make you famous. You know, it did, it did practically nothing for me. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. We've, we've talked you know, a couple times about yeah. that experience of making a feature film and like calling in all your favors mm -hmm. and like, you know, doing that, which I never did. Sure. Um, which I do, which I do regret. Like I remember for years after, after college, like, you know, all of my well wishers, they would say like, Oh, we're, we're, you know, whatever you want to do, like, I'm, I'm here to help you. Like, 
you helped me in college, I'm going to help you. And then like so they were years, really encouraging you to, yeah, to yeah. take the first step. Yeah. Um, and I, but I was, I was so obsessed with money. I was like really obsessed. Like, you know, my, my college girlfriend was an actress and like, I she really don't she think couldn't. you can blame yourself for that. I mean, I feel like that's, uh, that's so wise and, uh, <sighs> you know, I won't share any details, but I know that, you know, you've amassed something of a nest egg that you, you were considering and making it, making an investment in something, you know? So yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean that you're so much more secure than me in that regard. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like I, I, I decided to be safe. Like I decided to be like stable and, you know, become like, become somebody who can be relied upon. Yeah. Um, and that really doesn't lend itself well to making the kinds of leaps that you have to make to like risks. Yeah. 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 And so I'm just, I'm incredibly risk averse, but I'm also like, you know, here I am, I'm 32 years old. I'm staring down the barrel of 2020 and like, I didn't do anything for like, like, listen, I'm like, I'm like a fairly, I'm a fairly happy guy for the most part. Like, you know, I got, I got, I got a lot to be grateful for, but like, I didn't, you know, I really abandoned that part of my life. Like I, I truly just forgot about it. And every now well, and again, well, at least you're, you're working within I, your chosen field. And I it's am. not as if you work at H and R blog. I don't, something. I guess I don't, but it's so, like, you know, I don't yeah. think you're so far off the reservation that it's not something you can't return to. Maybe, maybe, and, uh, you know, uh, you're still someone who's, I think, is predisposed to creativity. I mean, I, you know, your Twitter is is a creative outlet, right? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. You but know? that's, you know, um, same same basic problem that like I think one are... of the highlights of the deck. I think I honestly believe that that my film is the equal in aesthetic value of your live stream of eating a bag of frozen peas. <laughs> so it's really all oh. a matter of perspective is what I'm is what I'm saying. But I mean I feel the exact uh. same way as you and and uh, cuz I mean like okay, it's like a tree falls down like yeah, I made a movie but it was completely ignored. So it's like I took the risk. Uh I feel like it was like kind of a failure. And what mm. else do I have to show for myself in terms of not just my financial situation, but personal relationships? Like, I really feel like I've kind of like, I don't know, 10 years ago, I was uh, I was uh, 18. I was beginning college. College sucked. Uh, then after a spell, I moved to Brooklyn, had a few shitty jobs, uh, landed in the job that I have to this day now. And I do kind of look back on it and I'm like, you know, uh, what were the good times? Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, I, I, I honestly don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like so much of it was tedium and just waking up every day and just like having this negotiation with myself where it's like, okay, what, uh, what media items am I going to consume or what chemical substances am I going to consume or what activities am I going to do today that's going to be the right combination to not make me feel bad, just waging yeah. that negotiation every morning. <sighs> and I feel like, it, you know, 
some people are inclined to kind of look at things with rose tinted glasses, but I'm like, what if the reality is, yeah, like it, it kind of mostly just sucked and was boring. <laughs> and it's like, oh. well, there's always the future. You're still young, but it's like, yeah, I'm not going to get that time back. I'm not going to get to like, well, I'm never going to have the opportunity to be a happy 25 year old ever again. Yeah, that's and true. You could say, oh, but you were learning so much in those years. <laughs> I don't know. That that well, remains to be seen. Well, really, but, I mean, what, what, I'm, per, I'm, I'm pervaded by a sense of tragedy and fatalism. Okay. <laughs> that you are, you definitely and similar, are. And similar to what you said earlier, I, I always, and I have felt this way since I was like a teenager, like a feeling of of too lateness. Mm. Like whatever I've done, uh, it's too late. You know, like it's right. too late for me to be this thing. I was supposed to do this then. I was supposed to be this person then. I was supposed to have this experience then. Um, oh, and in a lot of ways, I feel like it didn't. It's not a great thought to have. And not only did I not do it, but the not having of those experiences has affected me to such a degree that it's going to be harder to have them in the future. It's made me mm. more dysfunctional, more closed off, more inept. So I'm just kind of this gridlocked, just fucking... Oh. oh boy. <laughs> oh God. I mean, Ralph, listen, what you, what you do have, like what your, what your choices have, have provided you with is what you, you have a body of work. Like at this point, Not you do even have a body. Really, though. You do though. You have, you have a feature film. You have like, you have short series like Gamer Rate. You've directed music videos. Like you have, you have this experience. Like you have you have directed enough things I have as a, a twenty year old. I have a, 20, a, I have a record that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the one thing where even if I watch most of it and cringe, I do feel like that's my inheritance. Right. And like I right. look at it and I'm like this happened. I was there. Yes. I see yes. people. Many of them are my friends, or even if I j just knew them for a short while, I can point to that and say, this is me. Mm -hmm. In the rest of my mm -hmm. life, it can be ambiguous. And it's like, God, like, who are my friends? And it just feels incoherent and shitty. But yes, I can at least point to those things and say that that's me. Yes. So there's yes. that. You yeah. do have that. And like, that's, that's something that will, that you are going to use, you know, in 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 the coming decade hopefully like mm -hmm. because because you care about doing this stuff and so you're you're guaranteed to like keep trying to do it and like hopefully that it will hopefully it will have the effect of like it's going to be an iterative thing yeah. like you're going to you're going to you're going to be able to keep building on that but what you don't have which i have is membership in about 15 group chats on Twitter. <laughs> is that bad? Um, you know, that listen, means you I've, have so many friends. I, well, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's like, um, <laughs> uh, if you two had been posting since 2009, you uh -huh. know, you would, uh, you would have this, this rich menagerie of, of, uh, of oh, so you're saying that's your inheritance? That's my inheritance. Right, right. You know, I've got uh, I've got the anti gaming group chat. I've got the, the 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 theory group chat. I've got the 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 plant chat. I can't believe know? it's even taken you this long to have a podcast. Uh, you know, there there were with the great boom of 2016. I know, I know, <laughs> as it is known. <laughs> 
Oh boy, no, I, I, I we're like on the tail end of the new Hollywood of podcasts. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We're, <laughs> we're shooting our shot. <laughs> we're the guys uh, getting get in the door get, before it slams uh, yeah, the fuck shot, uh, which yeah. it's oh, and God. like Conan O'Brien and all them. They're like Spielberg and Lucas. Uh, inaugurating the modern blockbuster <laughs> that will crush, you know, the uh, the chapos uh, and yep. the feeling wells. Yeah, yep. you know, they'll, they'll they'll take over the system. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fuck. Though I guess podcast exists outside a system, but I guess there's always a way to destroy like indie creators. You know, oh, like always someone can always. like buy Patreon and create mm-hmm. new rules and just exile people. Or <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, you know, much in the much in the way that you're like YouTube's policing people. There's like mm-hmm. I'm sure you can police mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Spotify the same way. Of course, know, yeah. of course. Yeah, we're we are persecuted, is what we're saying. Yeah, and uh, but I any, mean, Ralph is actually you know like has your account been unlocked yet, or is that still just no? Kind of I'm up still in the limbo. What I I made that? I made another account. Yeah, um, but I don't know if I want to. I feel like they're gonna not bring me back ever. It's feeling like. <laughs> Do they actually appeal people by way of like a process? I mean, you've showed me the screen. Like, it just seems like it's a glitch. But they also like, didn't delete any of my tweets or my account. That's true. It's still visible, so I'm not sure what to do. You should just make a new account. Yeah, like, like, maybe do, I will. Do an alt. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. I mean, don't make an alt. Wink, wink. Uh, yes, I, uh, no, I made one. Parody. And uh, uh, I hope you guys like the new handle as much as the old one. It's it's just at hey Ralph man. So, <laughs> uh, make yeah. sure to follow at Hey Ralph Man on but Twitter. I'm still gonna make the long nothing the uh, the, the name. Yeah yeah, 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 I like that. I, I I think that's nice. But back to the hollowness. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. E- let's even away from the creative realm. Like for instance, um, like this this feeling of just kind of morbid introspection, really mounted uh, in in the fall and winter. You know, because I kind of had this. Uh, this this trilogy of family gatherings uh, that you know we've talked about to some extent on the podcast. My sister's engagement party, soon followed by Thanksgiving, and then of course we're just coming out of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And this Christmas, you know, uh, uh, feeling the way I do, you know, over the last year or so, because I was always someone like you know, it's like oh, I want to be an artist, and there was a feeling of like I want to I want to leave my family behind. Like I don't want to be not that I was, I was ever on like bad terms with them, but like I so want to be an identity that's separate from them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I I don't want to be the Long Island thing that they are. Right. But as I've gotten a little older and more mature and have suffered uh, more failures and a deeper sense of alienation, I've invested in my immediate family a little bit more. Sure. You know, I've, I've kind sure. of come to, to value them a little bit more. Um, and uh, this Christmas, you know, I saw... Every little facet, I, I saw my dad's family, got them gifts. They all really liked their gifts. I got my uh, half-brother uh, arthritis gloves to protect his hands from gaming <laughs> and uh, certain kinds of UV glasses oh. to protect his eyes from Harm gaming. Reduction. Yeah, Harm reduction. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. This is like a needle exchange. Sure. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. I well, guess that's nice. Yeah, I that's, guess if uh, you were your brother, you'd be like, L- listen, listen, son, you gotta, but I'm doing the, 
Yeah. Yeah. As you said, yeah. damage reduction. But then, but then I went to my mother's and I did this sibling ritual with uh, my siblings over there. That went well. Bah, bah, bah. Christmas Day, this and that, and like even as Christmas was ending, this like certain group of cousins that I don't really interact with, but I feel like I should. I, I, I even had like a moment with them, so it's like I checked all the boxes, and I was yeah. like, all right, I did it. I was like, I was. I was the family, the family person was logged on for this Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there were no, no but it I was st- nice. It seemed, it seemed to be pretty, but as I left earnest. the next morning back to work, like taking the long Island railroad, waving goodbye to my mother in her car. Like I still had a feeling of hollowness. Oh. I was like, why does this still not work? You oh. know? And I think it just relates to everything else. Like that feeling that it's too late that I'm irreparably a person that is not whole, that I'm that I'm a ghost. And Oof. my mother, she may be supportive of me, but she looks at me and she doesn't know that her son is a ghost. And that makes me feel sad for her, oh even if she isn't sad for me. And I was sitting at work in a deep funk, but <laughs> something lifted me out of it. Yeah? Um, I'm gonna tell you what it is. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, some of you may remember almost exactly a year ago, uh, a certain exiled actor named Kevin Spacey um, <laughs> released a video on his personal YouTube page oh. called uh, Let Me Be Frank, in which he, he you know, Kevin Spacey, of course, uh, accused by multiple people of sexual assault, fired from his Netflix show House of Cards publicly shamed, canceled. Not a great guy. He makes this video in which I think he was like, I don't know if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, he was like carving a ham, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then he like washes his hands. And in character as Frank Underwood from House of Cards, he talks about like, oh, America, I know you miss me and you want me back. (laughs) So curiously, he's portraying a fictional character talking about how his character has been removed from a a fictional show. Yeah. So the first and simplest level of weird is that this fictional character knows that he's a fictional character. Yes. And he's yes. addressing people in a different plane of reality. Ooh. What makes it even weirder and more perverse is that him being fired from the show is clearly a symbol for Kevin Spacey being banished from public life uh-huh. for being a sexual predator. Right, right. Oh, boy. So we all remember that video. Mm-hmm. A truly remarkable artifact. Um, uh, Obscene. Yeah, and and fascinating. It's yes. like, this guy just has to be a celebrity. Yeah. He has to get back in. Oof. He, it was clearly... I would love to know who like his PA is, because mm-hmm. there's like a pan in the video. So like, someone yeah. was Someone's helping, helping him. Um, but in the time since, uh, one of his victims died. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Christmas Day, I didn't realize this until... Kwanzaa the following day, <laughs> but apparently Kevin Spacey released a sequel to this video. He sure did. Did you see it? I did. So it opens. He's you know it's he's wearing a, a big red sweater. It's all very Christmassy. He's like uh, by a fireplace, uh, poking at the at the, the fiery logs. This one had a little more production value because it like pulls out <laughs> from the fire. So uh-huh. he's he's upgraded since he's then. He's got a dolly on set now. Yeah, yeah, and and he he makes this address about how like sometimes people come to you with aggression, but you should not return that in, uh, that aggression. Sometimes you have to kill your enemies with kindness, and that's what he signs off on. And on that same day, on Christmas Day, 
we learn that a second victim of his died yeah. by suicide, wink, wink. Unbelievable. So, to recap, two of Kevin Spacey's victims have died, and on the day the second one died, he released a video in character as Frank Underwood, a, a fictional character who is a murderer, talking about how you have to, quote, kill your enemies with kindness. So oh. if I have to spell it out for you guys, I think there's some Epstein-style foul play here. Perhaps. Spacey was buds with Epstein's, uh, Epstein and Bill mm -hmm. Clinton, mm -hmm. and now two of his victims are, are, are uh, you know, they're dying. <laughs> and he's bragging about oh. it on YouTube in character as Frank Underwood. Oh, my and God. And this brought me such peace because <laughs> I absorbed this news and I had felt this before in the Trump era, but I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The world is so like fucked up and absurd and nothing makes sense. Mm -hmm. I have no responsibility to be a healthy, normal person Absolutely in this world. Absolutely not. <laughs> You're absolved. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, you can't be, there's no such thing as normal and okay in this world. <laughs> when Kevin Spacey's bragging uh, about killing his sexual assault victim in, char in character from his mediocre Netflix show from uh, which he was removed. How can, how can I possibly care about self-actualization in this world? It's Sodom and fucking Gomorrah in here. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I implore any listeners who may feel the same way. Look, none of it matters. We're in hell. Let let the hellfire warm you, you know? <laughs> Enjoy the special kind of calm that comes with so much madness, you know? I really oh, felt boy. like an angel just like draped a warm blanket <laughs> on my shoulder, or rather a demon draped a warm blanket on my shoulder. Like I was able to let go. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just a product of this this garish and stupid absurdity, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, look. Oh my goodness. Not the yeah. best guy, but thank you, Kevin Spacey. But. <laughs> I, I, had, I had an interaction with someone around that same post that day. And I remember I, 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 I clicked on that post, I watched the video, I like, I was very unnerved by it, and then I saw there was a reply. Someone I forget I forget that person's ad, but they were like, oh "Boy, um, sorry about your buddy Epstein." And then mm -hmm. and then there was a reply to that person, and I do remember this person's ad because it, it really stood out to me. It was wine sweats. Nice. Um, and the and the person was like, you know, the, the brand was like drinking wine and wearing sweatpants. Sure, sure. Real and, uh, like suburban mom. Yes, wine yes. And, and, yeah. and the reply to that post was simply rudeness. Rudeness, rudeness, period. As in, why are you being so rude to Kevin Spacey? And then that same guy replied to her. Um, oh, wait, she was saying someone was being, someone rude, was being to Kevin rude to Kevin Spacey. Oh, I, yes. thought, I thought she was saying his video was rude. No, no. Which I think is also a common phenomenon, like people not being able to contend with the level of madness. Mm -hmm. Like, I love hilarious understatement in the face of atrocity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, hmm, bragging about his sexual assault victim being murdered. Yeah. Not ideal what he's doing. That's right, right. And so, <laughs> And so, on. and so she so she said that she Kevin, replied, yeah, that's yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't you know let's not speak ill of these people right. and then then the same guy replied to her and was like he was nice enough to to dispatch this christmas yeah, message yeah. and you attack him like this yes and so that so the guy replies to her and is like he's a sexual predator and then wine sweats replies you could be too just and that that really struck me that really struck really me like, makes you like think. the 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 enshrinement of of <laughs> civility in the face of yes. this just brazen yeah like you know clearly 
clearly in a in Couldn't an echelon of society. Stark. Yeah, yeah. That we have no access to mm-hmm. the the kind of the kind of just obscene, uh, insidious well, yeah. power that these people wield. Um, but also the neurosis of like, as you say, like civility. Like mm-hmm. that statement doesn't even make sense. Yeah. If this man is saying "fuck you," you're a rapist. Presumably, this man one thinks being a rapist is, is bad, mm-hmm. and two himself does not identify as a rapist. <laughs> that's right. So, that's right. But she's she's saying that as if like that. That's the tone of like if someone were being like homophobic, and it's like, hey, you know, you probably have family members who are gay too. Like that's kind of the tone, uh-huh. right? It's almost like co-opting like the, yeah. the language of both That's sides right. is right. there's not there's no two sides here <laughs> yes this yes. is an this is an evil man mm. reveling in, in his 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 murder it's like never never uh, call out a sexual predator until you've walked a mile in his shoes <laughs> exactly exactly but that, Which, that's so funny you could be t- you like, could what, be you could be too int- what's the intent behind that it's like you could you could be a alleged sexual Predator. So you think she was accidentally trying to say, like, you could be publicly besmirched, too, like, one day? I guess so. Or was it just, I'm inclined to believe it's just such a mental lapse. Where I, th- I think, like, so. like, yeah. like just, just kind of obsequious deference to celebrity and, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, just oh, this idea he's such of a you, handsome man. Or and just, he, he's or such just a nice this idea actor. that, like, we have to be better than just just leaving, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, you know, lest we forget, like... If you remember, Kevin Spacey's reaction to being outed as a sexual predator was to mm. announce that he was gay. Like so that similarly was his, co-opting like kind of yeah, meaningless yeah. ID politics. You to, know, to in, cover in, up. in response to this to this heinous news, let me simply state that I am a gay man and like I've been struggling with it all my life. And like that was, you know, just throwing up a smoke screen for the dumbest yeah. people on the planet. Yeah. Like And you know what, mm. if you were a slightly higher profile uh, actor that probably could have worked because <laughs> Kevin Spacey's kind of like he was kind of he was on a TV show he sure, wasn't like killing sure. it but it's also funny like in in the, like so many of those comments are just like so good in seven you know <laughs> <laughs> really love your work Mr. Spacey but um, uh, I was uh, speaking of um, kind of kind of liberal delusion and like staring evil in the face but uh, devoting yourself not to thwarting that evil, but maintaining some some veneer of civility, right? Um, I was made to reflect on something from the decade. Um, so there there have been articles written about this before. I thought it was time that I that I share something mortifying from my past. Oh, oh it's been a little while because this happened at the very beginning of the decade, <laughs> and it's pretty much bothered me ever since that. I was involved with it. And I feel like the only way I can, I have to, I have to just, I have to throw it into the, into the garbage fire of the pot. The confession booth is open. I have to leave it in the 2010s. I have to cleanse myself of it here. Absolve yourself, my son. This will be great. Okay. So this event has been written about before. Um, Jacobin has a good article about it. Um, and what made me think about it is that the New Republic uh, recently wrote an article about it that I read. So, you know, uh, I was 17 when... All right, I'll just say it. Uh, do you know what the rally to restore sanity was? If I remember correctly, that was... 
Was that John Stewart? It was a joint rally by John Stewart and Stephen Colbert. It was in response to a rally that Glenn Beck had called like Restoring America or something. Uh-huh. So Glenn Beck had this uh, this like march on Washington that was all with like the uh, the Tea Party people. Sure, sure. You know, and it was like kind of in direct response to uh, Obama's presidency. It happened in like uh, uh, like late 2010. Yeah. So like, oh, okay. like like very early in his presidency. So like right. the immediate Obama backlash, and so. Stewart um, did a rally of his own that was uh, kind of uh, the, the, the premise was that it would be a parody of Glenn Beck's uh, ah, event. Yes. But what the overriding theme was, was that, you know, we can put differences aside and just be reasonable people because uh-huh. it was like we can restore sanity. And I remember very little of this because it was so boring. <laughs> but basically what everyone took away from it is that like Stewart has like a closing address that is just so sanctimonious. Sure. And which like I think he uses like uh, he uses like uh, like the Lincoln Tunnel or the Holland Tunnel or something as a metaphor for like it's this narrow space. But but we, we find a way to work together and take turns going through the tunnel and occasionally there's an asshole but we intuitively identify the asshole and he infamously in it he says like you know not every you know not every democrat thinks george bush is a war criminal and not every republican thinks 9-11 was an inside job oh no he he's yeah it was an inside job so he equates george bush being a war criminal which uh, he is yeah, with 9/11 yeah. trutherism, and he also uh, says like uh, you know, and not every and not every Republican thinks Obama's a socialist. This was back when socialist was a yeah. bad word, but it was also <laughs> like, well, every Republican says he's a socialist and a Muslim, and no Democrat yeah. says that 9/11 was an inside job or mm-hmm. that. Bush was a war criminal. So it was really just like the epitome of kind of like <laughs> oh free Sanders, so like like just like Democrat. Uh, Soft dickedness, limp dickedness, yeah, as, you, yeah, as yeah. you like to say. Yeah, Listen, yeah. That, that is that is an apt like, term. Compromise for its own sake. Yeah, you know, oh. all that matters is civility. Mm. And you know, some ba- I was 19 when I was at this event, and you know, what could I say? I'm sure some of you listening will will claim to be uh, red diaper babies, uh, <laughs> tanky uh, since 2007, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of people who in 2016, when socialism became popular and trendy, you immediately put a hammer and sickle in your Twitter bio. That's and right. Said you were that's an right. communist. Yep, yep. But anyway, <laughs> I I always had at least a passing interest in politics, at least since I was in high school, and mm-hmm. I got as swept up in Obama mania as as anybody. Right. Right. And uh, I I uh, I wrote. I ran my school newspaper, and I wrote an op ed after he was elected that won the Newsday Award for Student Journalism. Ooh. And I, I, we did like a mock presidential debate for the whole school and I represented Obama and I did a great job. And it was like kind of, it, it, was, it was kind of the most popular I ever was in my life. I remember after the debate, there was this girl that, that I wanted to fuck at the time. Her name was uh, Stephanie. And she looked at me and she said, wow, Ralph, your words were just... Wow. <laughs> so, so I'm sure whatever oh. I said was like humiliating with my uh, uh-huh. with like with my blown out shoulder length hair and ill fitting suit. <laughs> so just truly it really an, is quite a look. Truly I, an embarrassment. So yeah, I was I was a lip, and I actually do remember like early in the Obama presidency, like I didn't like I didn't like associate 
Like, did Obama run on universal health care? He did. Yeah. He did. So then like, he walked it back. So, like, I didn't associate that with socialism necessarily, but I was like, oh, yeah, Obama's going to give everyone health care. And I remember being disappointed when the public option didn't happen. Uh-huh. That was, like, the first time uh-huh. I was like, huh, but I thought he was going to fix everything. And, like, mm. I voted for him in 2012. It was the first time I was old enough to vote. And, you know, somewhat ambivalent about mm. him at that point. But... Because, I mean, the thing was with Obama is that he was, like, the most charismatic politician of his generation. For sure. Like, he doesn't he doesn't reek the same way that the Clintons do. Oh. Oh, we have someone at the door. Oh. Should we let him? Yeah. Should we just yeah, pause for a second? Yeah, could you get that? No. Hey, how's it going? Thank you. Lloyd just picked up uh, my blue chew in the mail. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this is boring. But what I'm trying to say is that um, it's it's funny that that happened at the head of the decade because I think I, like so many people, have become disillusioned of that brand of like surface level politics, where yeah, basically yeah. politics is content. And I think <sighs> oh, oh, and I think Obama and Trump are kind of. Are, are, are kind of a, a, a dyad of you know these presidents that comprise the decade because they both just kind of offer their followers the content they crave. Yeah. And Obama, it's like that sorkinized ideal who's read the same books as you. Mm-hmm. And with Trump, mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of the you know garish ogre who who sticks it to the stuffed shirts. So God, that was what's, such a. What's your take on all this? I, I I mean, do you remember the the speech that Obama gave at the DNC in like 2007 or whenever that was? That's like that's like what made him. There's not yeah. a, there's not a blue state. The, the, the purple yeah, yeah, the purple yeah, speech. Yeah, 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 yeah. We worship an awesome God in the blue states, and we have gay friends in the red states. There's and, not a blue, uh, there's not a blue states of America or red states. It's just the United, United States, states yeah, of yeah. America, and you know. Echoed by Rudy Giuliani like a couple of years ago. <laughs> there is no right away. That fucking guy with his teeth and shit. You know, very similar mm-hmm. speech. There is just America. You know, there's no white America. There's no black America. There's just America. And it's like, okay, these people are the. I don't. I don't know. Like, there. I, I remember. As I've said previously on the show, I think like I was a libertarian in high school, kind of as a right. As a reaction to like oh, the, the generalized, yeah, it, 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 there was just kind of a there that, was kind that of makes a, me feel a little less embarrassed. Yeah, for being a yeah, it was yeah. it was it was embarrassing. Like I remember, probably freshman year of college, like my 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 good friends just being like, "You're wrong, you're yeah. wrong," like you know, and they eventually did convince me, like just yeah, chart your evolution because I'll just end mine by saying like, like uh, I, I became like increasingly ambivalent of Obama. But it was like you watch him talk and it's like, all right, well, he still seems like like a good intention guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really until Hillary Clinton started stinking up the place. And I remember Bernie coming onto the scene. This is another embarrassing omission. I knew who Bernie Sanders was because he was a frequent guest on Real Time with Bill Maher. <laughs> and he was like an independent who said all this mm. far out stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's running for president? <laughs> and really only in like 2015 did I really find myself having... Uh, I, I think a, a political ideology with like true substance instead yeah. of just being like socially liberal and it's like good to help poor people, but how exactly? I don't know, just kind of libness. Yeah. Oh boy. Hmm. So libertarian is what era? High school? Li- yeah, that's high school. Okay. So my 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 parents were kind of centrist Democrats. Um, my parents are, are basically apolitical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I remember they, my mom took me to a Bill Bradley rally when I was, nobody knows who Bill Bradley yeah, was. He that? was, he was like, he was running against Bill Clinton at some point. Um, for, uh, for Democratic one. Yeah. Democratic, Democratic nomination. Nomination. Um, you know, so I, I kind of, I, I grew up listening to NPR and like, I kind of had a, sure. but I, I remember my first political, um, my first political awakening was after in the wake of nine eleven, um, and I was wow. I was in I was in high school, and I I remember A regular Christopher Hitchens over here. Yeah. Well, I, I remember I remember hearing about the Patriot Act, and mm. you know you kind of have a surface level reading of the Patriot Act, and like very few people thought that was good. You know you can you can look at that from a bunch of different perspectives and realize oh like that's that's civil liberties being eroded. And so where I kind of came to it was like Bush is curtailing civil liberties. I don't want my civil liberties curtailed. You want curtailed. the opposite of that, I want to which be must be libertarian. I want to be a free man. And like, you know, so. If I can make one comment about the Bush years, mm. tying into my Obama thing, I think people forget how traumatizing the Bush years were. Absolutely. The Bush, that was insanity. The Bush years were worse than what we're feeling right now. And a crucial Absol- difference. No question. And the no crucial question. difference is that Everyone today is in a constant state of hysterics because mm-hmm. they should be. Mm-hmm. And everyone on Twitter is saying, oh, my God, hell world. But in the Bush era, they weren't. Yeah. So, like, yeah. they, they were we created this mass surveillance apparatus and we lied about anthrax and weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. And m- most everybody just kind of took it. It yeah. was like truly like mass mania. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And, and you know, like you'd play your flash games where you were like, you know, eviscerating a terrorist exactly. or whatever. And I remember like being as young as like 14 or 15 and just being like waking up and being like, man, God, the president's a fucking idiot and like feeling bad so i think that's why i and so many people cut obama slack for so long right people forget like how fucking shitty it was under bush and if you had told me when obama was elected that like hey in less than 10 years there's going to be an even more garish expression of 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 the conservative agenda i can't be be. and you know obama's Uh. gonna fix it God. But you were saying that your libertarianism was the result of wanting to be what you perceive to be the opposite of trampling on. Pretty much. Yeah. Like I, I saw, I saw the, I saw like the, the, the garishness and the, the kind of dumb guy cowboy shtick of, of Bush and like the, the pretty, the pretty obvious corruption yeah. of like Dick Cheney and being like, I don't, okay, that's no good. And it's like, who and do then, you turn to? The Democratic Party? They signed off on, people didn't really even turn did. on there was, Bush until his second term. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So it was kind of this, this bipartisan like party of war. And at that point, like, you know, to a, to a teenager, to a teenage boy, especially, I guess, like the idea of being a libertarian is like, okay, like I just don't want government on my back and th- there is not really this connotation of like I don't know what a fucking free market is yeah. like I don't know what it means to be like a sovereign citizen I just don't want a massive surveillance state so I think that's where I came to it and then like I did have actual Republican friends and so they would they would kind of gradually like reinforce the shittier sure. parts and so by the time I was you know I think libertarianism uh, is like famously attractive to it is, to it is. like and younger people who don't have like a fully formed political consciousness because yeah. it like it, it like superficially represents freedom. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, uh-huh. and like and like at the same time, like right wing libertarianism is a pretty American phenomenon. Like like left wing libertarianism is or or like left wing 
like the anarchist movements. That's like an older thing, and it's it's like it's completely different. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, libertarianism, as we understand it in America, is just like a completely infantile sure, kind of sure. offshoot of of you know. Whereas, like civil libertarianism is kind of a that's a more specific belief that you can incorporate into more more real political ideology. I've heard people describe themselves as like. Um, uh, like a, like libertarian socialists, which sure. is where like kind yeah, of yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you 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 support uh, expansive social programs, but you prioritize civil liberties at the yes, same time. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, fine fine folks by all accounts. Um, but I I, I remember kind of coming into coming into college and like kind of trying to put my my libertarian ideas up against. You know, my my friends who were who were smarter than me and like had kind of you know had kind of like grown up in in urban places where they're exposed to a lot more ideas and so they're they had kind of been ahead of me in that also in that growth. also also you uh, you and I went to a, like a a famously you know yeah yeah I, I don't know what you would call it liberal progressive yes school. yes yeah, very yeah. much so yeah um but so I, I kind of I kind of had a crash course in in ideology, pure ideology, and um, that was a Zizek a Zizek impression. They know if you didn't. If they're listening. They're I, I'm it. sorry. I, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. You know, um, the mention of the Bush years reminded me of a, of a thought I had today at the gym um, because. Um, you know um, how I keep joking about buying a gun? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure do. <laughs> so after me and me and Sam have kind of been um, mutually enforcing to each other the idea of gun ownership, because I remember like after the, the UK results, I was so kind of crushed that I was like, dude, if Bernie doesn't win, I'm buying a fucking gun. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm not going to be the one guy who doesn't have a gun. And he was like, okay, I'm down. And then he was like, well, if Bernie wins, why don't we buy guns to celebrate? And I was like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> and, and then I had this thought today where if this is where it relates to the Bush years, like what if I made like a Michael Moore style documentary where like I track myself like like a low rent, like kind of, or like that documentary Catfish, like a hybrid of that mm -hmm. and like Michael Moore or Super Size Me, where I like go through the trouble of like purchasing a gun in New York, but then I like emphasize the point of like, I was able to buy this, but look at, look at my podcast. Look at what I said on my podcast. <laughs> look at my tweets. Like, how could it be that someone with my seeming psychological profile, folks, listen, I have no intention whatsoever of ever dispatching this weapon, but the fact that someone with my seeming psychological profile was able to buy one at all in America doesn't bode well for our country. Mm, really and makes then, you think. And then it fades to black on me. <laughs> And then very slowly fading in from black is like a block of text that said, Ralph Moffatone committed a mass killing. <laughs> and then like, you see the poster and it's like, it's like the, it's like a super close up of like uh, my, my, my uh, Twitter Avi and just the festival reefs like Sundance and then like a quotation chilling or something. <laughs> anyway, that's just a random thought I had. Anything else you want to say reflecting on the year, the decade? Oh my goodness. Um, It, it has truly been a weird time for me. And I think I'm, I, I become more of a person every year, which is, I don't know. I feel like I have made progress and like, it's been, 
it's been a lot of just just unpleasant personal growth through experience and uh you know but you know but growth nonetheless um gosh did i tell you i i did i did spend christmas alone like i've wow i've had a a very reflective how was it holiday it was it was so still <laughs> okay it was so still and so quiet were you in new york yeah, I was I was here. So you were alone in your apartment. Yep. Wow. Everyone everyone else was away. And so I'm sitting there with my with my two cats. Mm-hmm. And my and Eugene is is flopping around and he's just just ambiently in the background flipping and flopping as Lloyd sits centered in his in my his kind room. of yeah, my kind of dull unfocused animals and then there's me and I'm like, you know, I'm watching Sopranos, I'm like drinking an IPA and uh but I'm thinking, hmm, this is fine. This is not the worst thing that I could be doing right now. Wow. Um, and it was, it was like a very... A bit of a zen moment. A bit of a zen moment. Like, I didn't, I didn't really want anything else. Like, that was okay. It was, I could, I could choose to view it as, as bleakness, or I could choose to view it as serenity. And I, I chose the latter. Wow. That um, is that is the key, isn't it? Yeah. Bleakness or serenity. Folks, yeah. make of that what you will. <laughs> Which one was it? Say so in the comments. Bleakness or serenity. We'll do a Twitter we'll, poll. We'll do a Twitter poll. Uh, Folks, let the hellfire warm you. Enjoy the ride. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Stick to your guns. You're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. So long as you listen to Feeling Well Pod. That's right. Thanks for joining us. Um, always a pleasure, Ralph. Yeah. Um, follow, follow us on Twitter. Damn it. No. <laughs> Didn't stick the landing. <laughs> at Feeling Well Pod. Follow Lloyd at Void Howler. I suppose you can follow me uh, Follow me at Hey Ralph Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lloyd, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Ralph. Later, folks. Bye. Yeah. 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 Yeah.